recording. Today, having uh, my boy Marshall Long on back for show. episode five, baby. Right, yeah, number five, top five, dude. Hey, listen, would have been number one, but we can't get him Marshall, in. Marshall, I it's- think I have a story with you. I think if I remember correctly from Power last year, I th- it could be you. I think I emailed you and I was like, "Hey, what do you want to talk about at uh, Empower?" And you were like, "I can literally talk about fucking anything in Bitcoin mining." And I was like, "Fuck, I yeah. love this guy's energy." That's about. I remember that, that email was probably, very clearly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So sure what did you end up talking about at Empower? Uh, well, at Empower, I told Steve Barber to get on stage <laughs> and tell me why immersion cooling was bad. Put him in the dirt. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Better leave my boy Barber alone. I, I was like, how did Steve get on stage? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve's the homie, man. Um, yeah, great event, by the way. How did this year go? Thank what you. It was called Fuse, right? Infuse? Yeah, yeah, Fuse was the, the second big event for the year. went really well. Not focused on the Bitcoin side at all, yep. but just mostly on energy mm-hmm. and gearing up for Empower 23 right now. Nice, man. Awesome. Make a yeah. Time. So you're going to have to talk of that too. Hey, listen, H-Town, hold it down. That's all I know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I knew he's going to be good when we get one. So, dude, we've asked everybody every time they come in, kind of give their background, mm-hmm. and like how they got into it and all that. And you have more extensive background than basically everybody that we're going to talk to probably in the entire time this shit will run but so yeah tell us your background how you got into it yeah, i've sure. already heard this so but i want this to is all news I'll to me not so to bore you right? <laughs> you can never bore me marshall listen i uh the more i've gotten to know you the more i'm like i like him but i'm always worried he's gonna like try to put me in my place he's just he's just one of those dudes you know i i, I gotta <laughs> keep people on their toes all he right? does he does but he's the best the part is, guys, is when though. people know more about something um, than I do, I hope that they reciprocate yeah, that. The yeah. problem is a lot of people don't. Like if I'm talking out of my ass, just tell me. Like, dude, you don't know anything. Like stop talking. Okay? No, man, you, you, he's one of the sharpest dudes. This is going to be a good one. So, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll- so it started uh, mining in 2010. Uh, at the time, I was a uh, structural design engineer for a paint spray booth company, um, building like enclosures and stuff for mm. people to finish cars and stuff. And then um, I moved out of that into um, building like websites and apps and stuff like that with a friend. And late 2010, um, actually November uh, 21st or something, 2010, we were at lunch and he goes, man, I found this like nerd money that you can (laughs) make with your computer. I was like, what? That sounds crazy. So he got me interested from like a purely technological standpoint. Don't have an economics background. Mm. Came from the dirt, eating milk with a cereal so you can save, eating cereal yeah. with a fork so you can save the milk type situation. Oh, yeah. Um, you from Missouri? Okay. Take it easy. <laughs> all right. 10th generation Texan. How right, dare all you? All right. All right. How my dare bad, you? My bad. 10th generation? Hey, listen. Show beat- me state. Let me show you. Okay. <laughs> listen here, brother. You beat Griffin. Griffin was a seven. Yeah. Seven generation. Seven, seven, I, I barely, barely got him. So Jeez. my family started in Texas. Uh, just after it got incorporated into mm. to the U.S. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so was interested from a technical standpoint, nothing else. And then slowly was like, oh, this is this is interesting. And I, again, had no vision. Anybody that tells you they knew Bitcoin was going to be big is yeah. a liar. Because right. they would have leveraged their mom's house. They would have mm-hmm. piled in. They wouldn't have spent $10,000 or 10000 Bitcoin on a couple pizzas. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which that happened. Yeah. Laszlo shout yeah. out. Um, 
so I immediately tore apart my computer, sat in my floor. There was no like YouTube or anything to yeah. learn how to do this yeah. stuff. And and my wife comes home. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like, as Bitcoin started to kind of creep up past a nickel dime to a dollar, five bucks. Um, I was like, oh, this is cool. I can like use Bitcoin to pay off computers. And like I would like go to Craigslist and buy gaming computers and then mine Bitcoin to make money to buy more gaming computers. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. I have free gaming computers. <laughs> like that, that was the extent of what I thought Bitcoin could be. Yeah. Uh, and then you get into, you know, 2011, 2012, started uh, realizing that it was something more. Uh, narrowly avoided Mt. Gox due to my own laziness, which yeah. is great. The onboarding process back then was mm. super painful. You had to yeah. like, send money to this ghetto paypal called dewalla and they had to like verify your account and then you had to go into mount gox and do all this stuff and by the time i had like registered my account fincen closed their dewalla account and mm -hmm. i was like well this is probably not where i want to do anything with bitcoin so i was just kind of lost in the sauce for a bit doing yeah. absolutely nothing but just mining bitcoin and trying to like convince people to take it as like a favor so mm -hmm. i had a friend uh a houston guy asher you guys might know asher mm -hmm. from satoshi energy he um he he calls me one day. He's like, "Hey man, like let's let's do some gig work for Bitcoin." I was like, "Okay, cool. H how about you take these forty Bitcoin and like deliver groceries or something?" He's like, "Okay, sick." And so like that was the extent of my Bitcoin during the early days. Yeah. Was like, "Let's do this." And then ASICs came out after graphics cards had a short phase, mm -hmm. and ASICs was like that's where I really got interested. Bitcoin started to run up, started deploying large amounts of hash rate. And back then, a new ASIC would come out like every three months. So oh, like a really? brand new iteration that was miles better than the mm -hmm. one before. It was a for real arms race. And so this was like, call everybody. We're sleeping on the data center floor, rack and stack. Let's get going. And this was around the time where I started meeting more people, 2013, 14. Started going to conferences, linking up with people. And uh, so in my time in Bitcoin, I've made a lot of mistakes, met a lot of dirtbags, but met a lot of really great yeah. cool people i mean that's what brought you and i together and 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 you and i jake so uh yeah bitcoin's uh bitcoin's been a fickle mistress but has been great <laughs> at the same time that is true wow. man we've talked about that before with like some of my best friends now are people i've met in space and the like-mindedness between so many people that are in it like there's just a lot of similarities in philosophy and like there's also like the beef stuff, which you actually are involved oh, as well. Yeah. Like I've noticed that I'm like, Bitcoin I've got so many beef. questions about the beef. Cause yeah. the same, well, like, let's go there. Let's go to, yeah, the, let's go, let's go to the beef. Got some of that going I was looking too. at Amanda Cavalieri's ski thing that she's got yeah, yeah. in, I think it's mm -hmm. Wyoming. Right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well I missed last year. Yeah, you went to I go this year. No, I didn't get invited. Huh. Enough You're not cool enough. Obviously. I'm not cool enough. I didn't you could totally care. come. Trust me. But like one of the whole things is like this beefsteak thing. And then um, I can't remember, Chris, Christine that we talked to yeah, at lunch. Right, right, right. She was talking about beef. I was like, hey, we have our own cattle. So like kind of like I source my own beef that yeah. way. That's great. So what's this whole beef tie-in? Yeah, so I'm not sure if there's actually any correlation. I could tell Does you- everybody in the space loves steak? Yeah, so the, the tie-in <laughs> is all like this, this like proof of work, proof of steak, like meme. Oh, and that's kind of, yeah. I think that's where beefsteak started. Um, I've never been to one. Uh, but that's what people have told mm -hmm. me that's about. Uh, for me personally, we just have a family farm with a few hundred head of cattle that we yeah. use to like feed our community. And like, and then when the beef prices started mm -hmm. going through the roof, I get calls from like uh, Matt Lowstro yeah, and yeah. Uh, some of the guys at Lancio and they're like, hey, you 
you've been posting pictures and videos of like your cattle. Do you, can we like buy beef from you? Which I've never done before. It's just like in a freezer at my sister's house. Yeah. The community knows if they want to buy beef, yeah. open it up and leave three fifty a pound in the jar. Like oh, that's, that's the, you're extent. trying to mark it up on me. Man. I had to, <laughs> had to. It's cool. It's cool. I don't so that's, inflation. that's when, when the price of everything going up and I called her, I was like, feed hasn't gone up, right? Like mm. water hasn't gone up. What's the deal? She's like, yeah, people are getting gouged. And I was like, well, I don't really know how to deliver beef. She's like, I don't either, but I got a generator and I got a, a freezer that I'll stick on the flatbed and I'll bring you a truckload. And I was like, I can't have a whole cow. Like I don't yeah. have enough place for that. And so we sold a half cow to Matt Loshro mm -hmm. and a half cow to uh, Michael from Lancium. And that's how, that is the extent of the business that I have <laughs> had in beef. It's usually just been like, we're hungry, go, go yeah. get a cow. That's it. Yeah, I get it. But I, I think too, I think it's something to do with the like sovereignty aspect. Like all the Yeah, self-sustaining. You know, yeah, like, right. you know, you don't rely on anybody else. It's yeah. kind of the nature of Bitcoin. It's yeah. it's a double-edged sword because if you cut out middle it man. up. Yeah, exactly. If, if that's the case though, I mean, have you seen the, the guys on Netflix that like live totally yeah. off grid? You know, it's I'm like with the jealous, some of them got like the like the Coke bottles like mm -hmm. in the walls and stuff, and it creates like this little fucking terrarium or something I for humans. Seen that, yeah, yeah like it's like what? you don't even you don't even need like ac or heat or whatever it just like it what? perfectly really? right yeah like it regulates maybe there's a geothermal aspect to it like i don't know it in the but like, or something yeah like there's like there's like an entire show mm -hmm. about people who live off, off grid. grid on netflix i'm gonna yeah. have to watch it that sounds yeah, awesome i just need really awesome. fast internet though yeah <laughs> and power yeah, that yeah. never goes off that's true yeah and a lot of power those yeah you i'm just curious how far down the sovereignty route do do some of the maxis go I don't know. I mean, I do feel like there's this I, there real are big people push. who do not get their kids social security numbers. Oh yeah, wow. oh yeah, 100%. that's a thing. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. How do you? Yeah, avoid man. That? I think there's a whole. I guess you just never follow the paperwork. Well, so I tried. I tried to, and I was told, "Stop being a bitch. Sign these papers." I'm like, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I do. I think there is a whole movement of like yeah. people, people really just kind of rejecting the kind of lifestyle that has been established and wanting to get off grid and away from that. I, my grandparents from Missouri, I was just up there last week and they were telling me about their neighbor who he doesn't have a social security number. He won't get married by the government, like to his wife. Mm -hmm. um, How does she feel about that? Well, he tried to go do it at the church and apparently the church wouldn't marry him unless he had a marriage license, <laughs> which I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I actually had a problem with the church then. Cause it's uh -huh. like, we got separation churches. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but yeah, there is a whole. We're in Bitcoin. We're yeah, we're in Bitcoin. People. We're a little crazy already. So, but there is a whole movement. I think of that absolutely kind of going on. But, mm -hmm. but yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk to him about for sure was the Africa stuff. Well, mm -hmm. actually, first let's tell you what are you at right now. You're at Rhodium. Yeah. Right so now. right now I'm a VP of innovation at Rhodium. Uh, so what does that mean? Rhodium mining. We do uh, immersion mining at scale. I think we might be one or two top five largest immersion mm -hmm. miners in the world. Uh, we currently run in um, across two sites. We've got uh, one site that's 125 megawatts. We've got one site that's 225 megawatts. That's both in Texas? Yep. Okay. Yep. And we're stacking ash and slapping ass, you know? That's what they do, man. <laughs> Love it. Just killing it. So what do you do? Like, so VP of innovation, what does that mean? That's just a fancy word for saying, like, make sure we can drive the bus around the potholes that you've seen before. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just because yeah. when you've been in this space, the cycles are all identical it's just the amplitude of those cycles seems mm -hmm. to ebb and flow with how much money there is sloshing around so mm -hmm. you know my first big hurtful bear market was 2014 i learned a ton of what mm -hmm. not to do mm -hmm. 
And so, um, what was your biggest takeaway from 2014? The person who builds the greatest chicken shack data center wins. So I wanted yeah. like some kind of crazy cool place. It's got like air conditioning and all this stuff. You do not do that because when the price goes from 1200 bucks to 180 bucks, mm. you can't pay your power bill anymore. Yeah. So just stay as scrappy as possible. Absolutely. As yeah. lean as possible at all times is the greatest. A lot of people, because there's so much uh, Wall Street influence now, mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of people want to be, you know, the hot guy on the beach showing right. his abs. You really need to be Jon Snow who's screaming, winter's yeah. coming, winter's yeah. coming all the time. Right. You might not make as much in a bull market, but you'll make it all back in the bear mm -hmm. market when they all get rinsed out. Right. Mm -hmm. What back then, like, what was the hash price back then? I didn't, I don't even know what hash price was. I mean, that's really? a Luxor, yeah. like, coin term now. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the biggest rigs on the market at that time were like, uh, Probably a hundred giga hash machines for really? like those are like the new hotness coming out from mm -hmm. like KNC, which yeah. you guys might not even know anymore. No, nah, I don't a even Swedish know that. ASIC manufacturer that went bust. Uh, I remember when the first like one terahash box came out, it was huge, really? and I was like, "Dude, this is sick! This is one terahash." <laughs> so, um, you know, and graphics cards were doing kilohashes a mm -hmm. second at that time, and I, back then, like if you had one petahash, you were a ball. Really, oh, really. Yeah. If you had two to five megawatts running yeah. of you were, like, big you time. were unstoppable. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever went to see a 20 megawatt deployment in China. I was like, these guys are insane. <laughs> it was, and, and still like 20 megawatts is a lot of power to have in mm. one place. Yeah, and now we're at hundreds and right. hundreds of megawatts. It's insane. It is crazy. I love it. It's great. He also speaks Chinese. Really? Day. What? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I'm not, I haven't figured out if he's just making noises, <laughs> but I think he does. We met with some folks, and I was like, "Wow, he actually was talking to these people." So yeah, I was I was impressed. Yeah, it's, this guy's uh, got all kinds. Well, of We gotta stuff. take him to China with us. I'm, he's no, gonna no, take no. us I'll to China take with you him. To China with me. <laughs> I just trust. Sick. I love China. I'm, I'm kind of sketched out by China, but uh, if you know your way around. You will you will love China if you go to China, having the expectation that it is exactly what you think it is, and if you know that, really? you can navigate China effectively. Really? Everything you think to be true about China, if you go there thinking that, you're going to have a great time. Because you're just kind of like, you're ready for it. Yeah. And, and it's accurate. China turns out to be like a really cool place. And, uh, and it's uh, about my experience in China specifically. It has been very interesting. First time I went to China was 2013. The place I went was Wuhan, oh, surprisingly really? enough. Yeah. And my entry into China was like very, like Wuhan is not like a, a place where you should go for your first time. It is... <laughs> Uh, very central China. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of foreigners go there. And when I pull up in my taxi cab, uh, the taxi guy, I didn't speak any Chinese. He was just saying like, go down that road, like mm. walk down that road. And I was like, <laughs> it's in pitch black. It's like 2 a.m. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, you just drive there. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just walk for like two miles down this road and there's a giant building on fire, which is like not a common thing in China. Like China runs pretty smoothly. <laughs> And there's just like people running around crazy. And I'm like, what is going what on? I'm like trying here? to call my buddy who's supposed to like meet me. He's not picking up the phone. And I'm just standing there. There's a surrounded by people who are panicked and there's mm. a building on fire. And I was like, <laughs> all right, sick. So uh, from there to see the culture change from 2013 to now mm. has really been fascinating to see. And I don't think I'm the only one who thinks this, but China used to be like a very 
what I would compare Boston, <clears throat> where everybody's like very focused on themselves, like yeah. work, 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 grind, grind, grind. And so there's not a lot of like uh, caring about other people and what they do day to day. And having been to China so many times and seeing that progress over the years, a lot of places in China are a lot more like caring and friendly. It's it's a really cool place. What do you think that's due to? I don't know, man. Like the the maybe it's propaganda. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know, but uh, China is uniquely Chinese, and I wouldn't say like Western influence or anything mm-hmm. like that has caused that, but. Uh, it it has I've seen a marked difference of the culture in China now versus back then, and it's really cool to see uh, an economy like develop around you, that. Do you think it's just like that that booming middle class that they have now yep. with like millions and millions, yep. I mean, probably tens a lot of millions of people if not coming more. from outside in, yeah. uh, bringing their own ideals, more family centric. Um, yeah, China's a great place. I love China. Yeah, that's interesting. I would like to go at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Go see some mines. Uh huh. Used to be mines. Definitely. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. no mines there's in China no right mines now. now. Yeah. Definitely. At all. Never. No, I'm sure there's not. <laughs> Just like you lost your Bitcoin wallet in the ocean. You lost it on the flight over there or something. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Absolutely. I remember hearing about that. Devastating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of it. It's all gone. <laughs> yep. Um. Speaking of mines, international mines, mm-hmm. your Africa stuff. That's, yeah. That's what I wanted to talk about too because. I like to talk about the energizing of Bitcoin. Ener- right. The energizing wow. of Bitcoin. Wow, nice plug right there. Yeah. Dude. Um, but also the, like the grid aspect of yeah, it and, sure. and bringing power to places that don't have it now. And like the whole concept of what Bitcoin mining can do for mm-hmm. developing areas. And we're spoiled here. Most places have plenty of access to cheap power, really probably cheaper than most places in the world. Most places, not all, but, um, but yeah, we we've we've gotten spoiled here. But there's a lot of other places, and where you just went, I think it was Kenya, right? Mm-hmm. Um, using Bitcoin mining to kind of develop grid infrastructure for places like that, like El Salvador too, and a lot of other places. So you're actually doing some of that and can put you know a story to that rhetoric instead of it just being rhetoric. You mm-hmm. can like you've got real world examples of you guys doing it right now. So, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, preface this conversation with the fact that you can go and turn on a light switch and the lights come right. on every time is a miracle of modern science it is mm-hmm. we past, take it for granted it's too. crazy for the past two years i've really focused on like studying grids and how they work mm-hmm. and all this stuff it is mind-numbingly more complicated than i could have ever have imagined mm-hmm. the contracts behind it and how the settlements work and the interconnection and all this stuff it is an insane feat that you can turn on the light and the lights come on yeah so uh for a lot of parts of the world, that's not the case. Um, and Africa specifically, I've only been to Africa once and I only went to Kenya, but I went down there to see a company called Gridless. They just made a mm-hmm. bunch of news headlines. Jack Dorsey invested in them um, and a bunch of other Bitcoin VCs. But long story short, they are, Gridless is a company that focuses on what I call a win-win-win business model. Look, I've tried to run nonprofits. I've tried to run charities, all this kind of stuff. The problem that you have there is that you're only as good as your donor's willingness to give you money. It's Mm -hmm. not really a sustainable business model if you think about it, right? So what Gridless has done is found a way to make a win-win-win scenario. So in Kenya, I'm not going to speak about Africa. I I think Africa broadly, the the issue is the same, Mm -hmm. where if you're in a big city, you get your power from probably a government-subsidized company. Um, But most people don't live in a big city. 
And so they're buying power from local generators. So the guy who shoved a turbine in the river behind your house, that's who you buy power from generally. So these guys might have a a 50 kilowatt turbine. These guys might have a two megawatt turbine, whatever, that they're running the distribution to your house and you pay them a power bill. Are they just running? I mean, is this just like cables like you'd see at an event or something? Um, so it depends. So for the larger deployments, it's a little bit more. Uh, they also own their own transmission. So they're short transmissions, but it could be some kind of ghetto rig transmission right. from a turbine. It just depends on the scale and how many people they serve and, and the maintenance opportunity cost, right? Mm-hmm. So the and guy. I'm guessing the reliability of it is suspect. Well, it depends. So mm-hmm. uh, in Kenya specifically, they have a ton of hydro. So the power is relatively stable if the person who built the turbine sized it for the dry season. Mm, okay. So, you know, if they sized it right, the power is going to be pretty constant. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is that because they can't build at scale, like they're not building 50 megawatt turbines because there's not enough people in the village to sell that power to. Mm-hmm. So they're build it, building 50 kilowatts or 500 kilowatts or two megawatts. So they're not able to get really big economies of scale. So they have to charge a little bit more for the power because mm-hmm. they charge more for the power. The community doesn't use it that much. So they use it from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. to charge their phone, turn on the lights. Man. They're not even using it for cooking. They're cooking with like paraffin and kerosene. So there's a huge issue with like infant mortality because they breathe in all yeah. the kerosene fumes mm-hmm. and stuff. And because they don't use a lot of power, they have to charge more. Mm-hmm. And because they're not using it, like it's, it's a whole yeah, catch-22 so with this local yeah. generator. Compound that with there is no interconnection across their Mm -hmm. jurisdiction. They have no real-time market to sell the off-peak hours to. And so because you have no real-time settlement market, there's no grid for you to sell into because people are only doing it for four hours a day. There's no point in building it out. You can't get capital for it. And so that's the bigger problem that those guys have is funding new projects. So there's this whole vicious cycle where people are having to pay like 70 or 80 or 90 cents a kilowatt hour. And there's a lot of people trying to solve this problem with like mini grids. So Mm -hmm. that setup is called a a mini grid. Mm -hmm. And a mini grid is just you running power to local communities. So maybe you serve a thousand, 500 people, whatever. There's some NGOs that are trying to do like, oh, we'll give you a solar panel and there's these credits and all this. I think all that's too complicated. What Gridless does specifically very well is they act as a synthetic real-time market. So they co-locate the machines in the turbine house on top of the generator, they work out a deal with the generator, they do a revenue share, Mm -hmm. and then the generator is able to monetize off hours. The miners will curtail when it's time to use the power. So I think um, Gridless's first site, they turn off at 5.30 and turn back on at 10.30. And so uh, the generator is now monetizing off hours as a revenue share basis with Gridless. And then the generator in turn can drop power prices for the community because they're able to overnight make 6x more money right. with their with their power. And then they, because they drop the price, the community then is now incentivized to use things like right. hot plates to cook their food. And they've done a case study. And over the past six months that they did their first pilot with, they've been able to drop the power price several orders of magnitude. So from 90 cents, I think, to like uh, 15 cents. In fact, they had such a problem that Kenya Power was like, hey, you guys are actually charging less than us. Oh, really? So they actually are doing like this rebate thing where mm. they'll charge them whatever Kenya Power wants and they'll give them a rebate at the end of the day. Okay. And so now dude. you can like, there was a guy who, uh, a friend of mine, Obi, did an interview with while we were there who said that 
he's able to irrigate his crops more so his cows can eat more because it doesn't cost as much to water the fields. And so his cows are producing way more milk and mm -hmm. he's actually made 4X more money just from that. See, those are the kind of things that like, I, I we wish. Gotta, we gotta go out there, dude. Yes, Absolutely. we do. We do. So they're making money. The Gridless is making money, mining Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. The generator is making money doing a rev share with them and the community is saving money. And because and they're making saving money, money, they're making more money. Right. It is the perfect business arrangement. Mm -hmm. Now past that, there's all kinds of things that I'm personally interested in, like the financing. Mm -hmm. So if you can like, finance a turbine set and know that they're going to have an off taker with a Bitcoin miner, or maybe I just right. run my own Bitcoin right. miners there. I can pay my own loan back. Yeah. Basically. But in that, that's a good point though, too, in places like that, because I've been telling a lot of people this lately is we, we need to pitch these as infrastructure plays and not like Bitcoin yeah. who, mining. Who cares if it's right. Bitcoin mining? Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This is an infrastructure play and like getting a turbine. That's a hard asset that you can finance off of for like a lot cheaper money, a lot cheaper capital than, trying to get a, a loan against your your mining equipment. Mm -hmm. And we've seen what happens when you do that. It goes back to your like chicken coop kind mm -hmm. of setup. You know what I mean? Like don't be leveraging your machines all over the place and they're not going to hold their value when That's you go right. through these times. So, um, but that that is when you told me about that, when you came back, that's like exactly the story that more people need to talk about because mm -hmm. it's real world examples of like how powerful, and I, I don't want to sound, I hate sounding like a, hyperbolic kind of crazy person but that's real life examples of like real problem solving the bitcoin oh, yeah. mining there's nothing else like it that mm -hmm. it can do to solve these type of that's issues right. and uh i don't know man bring, bring bringing prosperity to you right. know, 500 to 1000 people by simply yeah. installing that is, yeah is it's nuts. a big big deal man and the the other interesting part is too there's other so that's that's like in the disparate population. Mm -hmm. And in the States, there's all kinds of other things. So I, we talked to a, a big power company that has like um, frequency regulation problems. I was what, like, what kind? Frequency regulation oh, okay. problems. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Where like their turbine maybe has issues and they can't react fast mm -hmm. enough to like spin it slower or whatever. You just shove that power to miners. They don't care. Right. They heat it up and then right. they'll help you by modulating your frequency. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of gets lost on a lot of people. A lot of these like ESG woke yeah. type people who are like, well, it doesn't really matter. There's other things in place. But when you tell the story about how it's directly impacting mm -hmm. without like grid healing, I think it's lost on a lot of people. Yeah. Stranded assets, flare gas stuff. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand or don't care. Right. Right. But when you say like, no, these like five kids didn't die because of Bitcoin money. Right. It's like a, it's much more yeah. like uh, impactful, I think. Yeah. So, uh, I agree, man. I agree. And I think that, that there's, if we can highlight stuff like that, like we need to get McKinsey's signals to do a story on that. Oh yeah. I messaged her yesterday. You did? Actually, yeah. Yeah. We, cause it's, it's such a good, powerful story for the mm -hmm. whole narrative and, and re rhetoric that is, I hate even calling it rhetoric, but that's what it is. And Absolutely. So it just bolsters it. But yeah, I think we get a crew and go shoot some content down there. Let's do it, man. Yeah. I'll link you guys. Freaking fun with that. They're be. awesome. Yeah. You go too. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a blast. Then we're going to El Salvador. Yes, we're going to go to El Salvador. El Salvador. We're going to, let's talk about El Salvador. Yeah, let's talk about El Salvador. You and I have polarizing op uh, I, I love El Salvador. You are about it. Man. I love it. I love the people, When man. I met this dude down there, he was like, I'm moving, dude. I'm, I'm moving. moving. So I we were both in El Salvador. So we, we were there. To El Salvador. That's where we first met. Uh, what, 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 what in was person. The, in yeah. person. Yeah. What's the premise? What was the, the point of the trip? Um, I don't know. What was it? My, I ended up going surfing and hanging out a lot. So. <laughs> I think his purpose was that. Yeah, was a vacation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah so the, a long time ago, eh, maybe like two years ago, uh, when they made their first big announcement, uh, El Salvador did, the ambassador's office contacted us 
through some of our investors and they were like, hey, we'd really like to learn a little mm -hmm. bit more about like what mining is, et cetera, et cetera. So they came to our site. Met the ambassador, really cool people. We met Mardo. Uh, mm. Mardo's in town. I don't know if you yeah, know yeah, yeah. We're having dinner this weekend. Excellent. Yeah. So he he was like, oh, I'm gonna come to your office. Okay, yeah. it's awesome. So <laughs> uh, we'll get Mardo in there. Um, and so we just kind of engaged that way. Um, and over the year, they were you know picking our brains about ideas and whatnot. And they were like, you need to come. You should come. You should come. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm too busy. Mm. Whatever, whatever. So I I went because I had time and I felt I owed that to them. Um, and just to kind of like see what it's about. And as a hardcore Bitcoiner myself, I wanted to be able to spend Bitcoin in a country that sees mm -hmm. Bitcoin as a currency. So for me, it was a bit of a like, a, hey, thanks for being cool, El Salvador mm -hmm. and like exploring everything about it and seeing how mining could kind of play a role. I think JB and Gideon were there just to kind of like kick it and hang out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did end up meeting with the folks. We want to get some mining stuff going down there, but, but mainly for the grid infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Mm -hmm. Uh, build out um, and bring in kind of reliable power and stable power. And I, I think there's an aspect to a place like El Salvador that they took the chance on making like a bold move mm -hmm. for Bitcoin, um, well, for themselves, but utilizing Bitcoin. And I just, I want to see it succeed. I think, I it's, think it's an important experiment. Right? Um, I, where I kind of get sidetracked is I don't pretend to know about like mm. Central America political mm -hmm. issues. Um, I have some El Salvadorian investors who like went through all the mm -hmm. crazy guerrilla stuff and yeah. told me crazy stories. Oh man, so insane I don't, stories. I don't pretend to know the issues that those people have, but here's what I do know. Uh, for better or worse, Bitcoin in El Salvador is a cake you cannot unbake. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who's the president, who's not the president. The people there have been exposed. Some people will never go back mm -hmm. to anything but that. Uh, I've seen people who don't know anything about money who have changed their lives with Bitcoin. Um, and, and that is good enough. If that's, if that's all it ever was, that's good enough. Uh, in my opinion, I think there's potential for it to be even more incredible, mm -hmm. but, uh, regardless of what people's thoughts on the political environment yeah. there, it is a cake you cannot unbake. I agree. I, the way I look at it too, though, is that, um, Again, they have taken the chance to do this. And like we need it to succeed as a community and we need it to be you, kind of why? A, because it's gonna further adoption. Like if it succeeds there, you, the trickle down effect on on other countries that are in similar situations, like it's going to be the the key to pushing them to make the same kind of move. And in the reality, when you look at it, and I heard Bukele talk about this when he was on mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson, but and it's literally the same argument I've used is that from their perspective, when you get hit with, I mean, they were solely relying on the dollar. Yeah. So when you get hit with the inflation that we feel too, we're having a record inflation and it's the worst in 40 some years, even mm -hmm. though it was a little bit better yesterday when a report came out. No, we at least CPI have, friend? I didn't look. it was like 7.1. Oh, nice. I know. And it's like, oh yeah. It's yeah, coming awesome. Yeah. It's like, good Lord, man. That's, <laughs> this is not good. So, but uh, whatever. I mean, at least it's better than expected. But over there, they get hit with inflation but they don't get the benefit of those dollars staying in their economy. That's right. And so it's it's like double the effect that we fell here. We feel here is like, mm -hmm. you know, 80, 90 plus percent of that money is at least staying here and circulating within our yeah, financial colonialism oh, it's is insane. what I call it. So I recently learned about, there's a similar thing in Africa mm -hmm. called uh, the abbreviation CFA. It's something Frank. It's, it's basically French, French, uh, um, I like financial, French. Colo French colonial, I like, French. Uh, like monetary policy, mm -hmm. where 
there's like a whole cobble of people that in France are enforcing some African republics. I think there's nine or 10 of them <laughs> to use this CFA mechanism where yeah. they control the monetary system. It is fucked up. <laughs> It yeah. is like monetary slavery to a point. Mm. Like it is really bad. So I think, but I disagree. I don't think Bitcoin needs it. I don't mm -hmm. think we need it. I think they need Bitcoin. Right. I agree. But I want to see other countries that are in similar Absolutely. situations, yeah, sure. you know, jump, make that jump yeah. because it, it makes sense. But it literally it's makes a sense. hard road. Oh, it's a hard road. Oh and that's God. why I like, that's why I care about them. I, I yeah. want to see them succeed. And Well, they ripped the band aid off, gave right. two middle fingers to the IMF yeah. and the World Bank, and they're like, suck it. Yeah. It was awesome. It took some balls, man. Absolutely. So, um, so I heard the, I was at a private, weird banker conference, don't judge me, <laughs> uh, at JP Morgan, and uh, maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. And the director of the IMF was there. And they were like, are there any questions? And I was like, <laughs> And the, the lady who invited me was the MC, And she was mm. like, we're not going to take his question. <laughs> and they took another Bitcoiner's question. And he asked a similar question. And it was like, what are your thoughts on El Salvador? Mm. And his response, Tobias was his name. His response was, El Salvador took one step too far and will pay dearly. And I was like, wow. That dude just said that out loud. Yeah, yeah. just think what they say behind closed doors. This, this was yeah. closed doors. Like no oh. cameras, none of that. And I was like, wait, what? And then they start talking about CBDCs, and mm -hmm. he's, these words came out of a director of the IMS mouth. He said, I like CBDCs because if I don't like what you say, I can turn your money off. And I was like, holy shit, they're saying the quiet part out loud. Yes, yeah. It's like a yeah. big problem, dude. These yes, are some dude. evil dudes. This is a great segue. Let's dive into this because actually it was at a, my mom's birthday. My stepdad was asking me about it, and I was like, honestly, I haven't paid enough attention mm -hmm. to it. So let's, like, what are they first and foremost? And let's get everybody's thoughts. A what CBDC? Yeah. Yeah. So a CBDC is a central bank digital currency, effectively, as I understand it. And there's a few permutations of this. but Digital dollar. It's a digital dollar. It's a dollar that you get on your phone that the government can send you. It's uh, imagine like a, an app that the government says, hey, download this and we'll give you a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Now, what they say is good for are things like we can put an expiration on a stimulus check where you're forced right. to spend it or it goes away which can uh, artificially stimulate the economy, right? And that allows them to blast it out to everybody's phone instead of like putting it in people's banks. Because is this saying still, that this is actually backed by an actual dollar or is this we're just nothing, digitally, we're digitally printing yeah, Dollars, dollars are, yeah. are fake bullshit. anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. a real dollar is, it, it's all fake. It's all mm -hmm. made up. Banks are Ponzi schemes run by morons. They're just a bunch of white-haired dudes circle jerking <laughs> each other into oblivion. Let's just make that known. This is the micro clip I'm pulling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. This is this is going to be what we tweet out, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, and that being said, they are sending their funny money monopoly to your phone, mm -hmm. and they can put stipulations on it, right? So it can be a form to uh, accelerate the velocity of money, like how quickly money moves right. around the ecosystem, which allows them... And my, I'm going to be very not objective here, but in my opinion, it allows them to further perpetuate the Ponzi scheme that they have been perpetuating upon the American population and abroad for over half a century. How much I, easier? I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Wouldn't this, wouldn't immediately, if this like came into existence, wouldn't we just see massive, massive inflation because you're essentially digital? Absolutely. Print? Well, think there of how easy it is to print freaking digital currency. It's, it's, you know and what I mean? yeah. and like, the best part is, is I can take your money. And I can use it as a form of direct punishment and slavery right. against you. It's not a credit score. It's not any of these other mm. made up bullshit things now. It is a direct way to control what you say, 
how you say, if I don't like it, I bankrupt you with a click of a button. If I don't like who you are, what you say, if you're out of line, I just bankrupt you overnight or in a way like freeze your assets or mm -hmm. money from your phone. Think about Canada with the whole trucker rally. Oh, that, like, that's case. a perfect example. Perfect of, case. Yeah. Of who's, like, who's spearheading this? Is it just the banks or is it our government as well? So uh, IMF, World Economic Forum. IMF I, is like spearheading the Time whole out. Thing. Let's get our tinfoil hat real quick. Get to get it. Yeah. We're ready. The IMF uh, has sent guidance to everybody. The EU, he said at that conference, EU is five years away. The States mm. is probably a little bit longer because you also have to integrate it into like payment mechanisms, mm. payment gateways. So this isn't something that's going to happen tomorrow, but it's something that people are implementing plans for now, today. So look, at best, it is an easy way for the government to give you money to your phone, right? Mm. It is a government-sponsored cash app, right? It's a government-sponsored right. Venmo, whatever you want to call it. At best, that's what it is. At worst, and much more probabilistically, it is a direct means to control the population using money as a weapon. Make no right. mistake about it. I agree. And the reality is we don't need a CBDC. Like, we have Cash App. We, we have we PayPal. We have already banks. have already, it. Right. It's like this, we don't need it. So the only explanation for the reason to get it, in my opinion, is control. That's you, the only reason. That's right. You control the money, you control mm -hmm. the world, period. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I it's it's terrifying thinking about, but Absolutely. I mean I think it's a reality. And it's also the reason why Bitcoin is needed is because it is a peer-to-peer. -peer. So, so yeah, so that was it. so that was where my conversation with my stepdad went was he was just like, I think something like that passes and he's like, I think it hurts Bitcoin. I said, I I think I disagree with you. I think if anything, it makes the case for why Bitcoin is mm -hmm. the solution. Here. Well, and I think too. I don't even think Bitcoin has to replace all the other systems. Either. Like yeah. I think it 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 is a barometer for your locale in mm -hmm. the value of your currency, right? Yeah. And so, as CBDCs become common and and they start to get implemented, you will see inflation go up because I think, I mean, printing dollars right now there's still an actual physical component of that to some mm. degree. Yeah, treasury um, market. Right. I mean, stuff, yeah. you're creating a lot T of money through debt, yeah. but you don't necessarily create a dollar for all those. But um, yes, right Right now, there's still like a physical component to create dollars. When you get a CBDC, it's like, I mean, what what is preventing them from printing just whenever they want? It's Oh, you're easy. Zimbabwe overnight. Right. And yeah. That's that's the that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I trust our politicians a lot to make the most responsible decision <laughs> possible. You know what I mean? I mean, they've exemplified that over the last several why, years. Why did he say he thought it would hurt Bitcoin? Because it takes he, away. He, he said he, he was thinking. I think that the use case. I, I yeah, could be I totally wrong. Yeah. That it could be. Yeah, it's like maybe you're taking essentially market share from non-sophisticated average Americans, mm -hmm. and now they're just going to go use these as opposed to like using Bitcoin. I think yeah. that I think that's what his argument was. Yeah, I think in but general you don't yeah. know you need Bitcoin until it's too late. Right. So you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to meet all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life, and the pressures that almost everybody has, perpetuated by the World Bank, RMF, what have you, are way different than the pressures we have here. So, mm -hmm. perfect example, a couple of years ago, uh, the thousand rupee note in India got made obsolete. They they didn't they gave you a small window to like come redeem them, but a lot of people in most Asian countries hoard cash, like crazy mm. amounts of cash. They don't use bank accounts, and so the thousand rupee note going bye-bye uh, like within a span of like 10 days mm -hmm. is super, it's a super synthetic way to curtail your inflation. Yeah. You just nuked all thousand rupee notes. Wow. And so I had friends who are like, 
I got a thousand rupee note for a birthday. I literally nothing now. Yeah. Those are the people Jeez. who instantly understand. Yeah. Sorry for boring you. you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to push this next meeting so I can stay. Push just it. Give me a second. You just tell him, do you know who I'm on with? I right know now? you just, hey, yeah. Do you know? This guy was retweeted by Elon Musk. Listen, I'm what? He's a, wait, 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 wait. What's, what's the story? He is boys here? with Elon Musk. Now. What was, what was they are best you? friends. Push your meeting and, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Okay. Yeah, this is serious stuff, man. We got a. This is a major celebrity we got in here. It's big time, man. Dude, it's so funny. Uh, Michael from Lanceum. He saw uh -huh. me at the Austin conference. He didn't say anything to me. He goes, "Man, how does it feel to fly so high?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, five, I looked it up before we got in here. 522,000 likes this dude got on Damn, one tweet. Dude. Listen, if You're you need a content creator for digital bro. workout, dude, I'm your guy. I'm yeah. not worthy. <laughs> That's a, such a random story. So the Reddit video player is atrocious. It's so bad. And I saw a clip that I really wanted to watch, but it just like wouldn't load. Mm. So I ripped it from Reddit and I posted it on Twitter so I could watch it. And it was like an art installation of a, a French guy walking up the stairs and falling off into a trampoline. Anyway. And I was like, oh, cool. And I woke up the next morning and Elon had like liked it and commented. And then like it just exploded. And it's got like 40 million views. The guy who originally took the video like DM me. He's like, how dare you steal my content? And I was Are like, it's serious? not like that, bro. <laughs> I will give you credit. So like yeah. I tagged him as like the first reply on it. And it was just like it just popped off. So I think in and was it just like, the content or was it commentary on the content? I literally put this is some real life stuff. And then the name of the art install. And that yeah, was it. Yeah. That was it. I saw that video. It's probably because of you. Absolutely. If it was on Twitter, it's mm. probably from that. So it's uh listen, me and Elon are homies yeah, now. They're boys okay. Now, so shit. Can we get Elon, can we we get need Elon, Elon in power? Yeah. Yeah. Done. You, you've got Done. it. Done. That's and it. He's boys Elon. with Dave Chappelle. So we need Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yes, too. we need Dave Chappelle. Actually, and then, Chuck knows Dave Chappelle. And Joe Rogan. Oh yeah, Chuck doesn't. Listen, know if we're getting Joe Rogan, we might as well get Kanye too. We'll just make it a whole fest. <laughs> Whoa, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye's off the table right now. I, We're gonna be untouchable right yeah, now. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird thing. Like I have a pair of Yeezy shoes, and I'm like, is it okay to wear these anymore? I don't <laughs> no, know. Just tell everybody they're the Walmart dude. version. No, Walmart they're brand. the Walmart, Walmart version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They're made by small Chinese hands, not by a racist hands. <laughs> right. Yeah. Way different. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> like, this like, like Dave Chappelle <laughs> said, there's always two words you never use: the Jews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Those, you don't, those don't go together. Those don't go together. Oh man. Okay, we can edit these if we need to. So don't. I know. I think we're. I, think I feel like, like we really live in a simulation at this point, dude. Like, if somebody would have told you that, like, fifty years ago, that we would be sucking dinosaur bones out of the ground and, yeah. and mining space money while people right. like had a mental meltdown about what other people said, like <laughs> you'd be like, dude, that's a video game. Yeah, we live sounds, in a video game. Uh, it's dude, amazing. Our, our life right now is like it's a movie, man. This whole thing is it, it feels so crazy. Yeah. That's what led me get into Bitcoin. Dude, like, yeah. looking at the world is coming true. Oh Absolutely. my gosh! With yes. ChatGPT uh, now, welcome to Costco. We're like, dude, I love we, you. We are automating everything that we do. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite part in the movie. <laughs> like, dude, we're not gonna have to think anymore. No, I love it. I don't not at all. Dude, ChatGPT literally coded part of my Twitter bot. Not even kidding. What? Who? What? ChatGPT. You not heard about this? Jake, oh wait! Him. Yes, I Get didn't in. hear about this. ChatGPT, okay. uh, built by OpenAI. Elon's actually one of the investors or founders or some shit like that. But they got to a million users within five days. Uh, and you stack that against every other social platform. It's like and Facebook was like eight months or dude, something. Dude, it's it's crazy. I five mean, days. Yes, Twitter within was like five, five days. Get this. So Julie was playing with this. She had to pull up on her computer. She was like, Jake, you're never going to believe this. And I was like, What did you ask it to do? She said, I want to. Um, or what I what I asked her to do was to to write a script 
for a scene from Seinfeld where Kramer comes in talking to Jerry about Bitcoin mining. Shut up. Include audience laughter, include like frequent jokes. Boom. <laughs> Full script. Kramer comes in talking about digital money and Jerry's like, no, nah, I don't know, man. It sounds like a scam. Are you serious? Dude, it made That's sense. incredible. Then we did a friend scene based on something with like, inter no, with, with Ross being on a drilling rig for the first time. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. And you could just see the entire scene come to life. Like, Dude, how I'm willing to abuse this thing. Dude, yeah, it can do all awesome. kinds of stuff. It can do code for you. Man, it can do homework assignments. My daughter's dude, freaking I'm not be kidding. all over it this. It can do anything. It's incredible. It's not always <gasps> great at yeah. everything, but there are very specific things. It can do image manipulation, all kinds of stuff. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Dude, people are saying that this is the demise. Like, if there's anything that could kill Google, like, this, this is, is, it, is it. Because it's not, now you're not just querying results. It is literally giving you the answers and creating things mm -hmm. on your behalf. It's kind of scary, though, too. Yeah. It's terrifying. Because, like, that's going to dump also people so down cool even more. But it's also so at the same time. But what are the implications right. five years, ten years yeah. from now? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're already thinking about a million things that we can automate. Things Dude. that are extremely tedious. You guys should make I, some content for DW based that off is of that. around ChatGPT, like, origination. That would be. There's we should do freaking some awesome. There's already there's already startups and stuff in the space that are like planning on building that into their software, like Dude. making it part of. Oh yeah. I just the worry that like, like we're all going to be idiocracy. We're going to be really dumb. Like people are. I mean, there's an aspect to like writing things out that is like creativity that kind of helps yeah. your brain, in my opinion. And I'm yeah. not a scientist or anything, but it's just like holy shit, man. I mean. I'm going to abuse that thing. I can already tell you. I'm, Dude, it, it, I saw somebody. Here's a good yeah. one for you. You'll love this. I wonder if we can write it legal contracts. A lease agreement. I'm not kidding. Oh, Dude, it wrote a triple net lease agreement, net 30 payment terms. Like he said, Dude, I you were fucking out of, You're a job. out of a job. I know this Don't is killing my career. You're out of a job. Holy shit. Sure. It was awesome. Hey, you still need a lawyer to look at it. By the hour. Well. You do. <laughs> On retainer, thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're clients too. So. <laughs> yeah, I need to get you. I need to get Rhodium signed up. What are we doing? Hey, listen, I'll tell you what I tell everybody. If it's free, it's for me. All right. <laughs> I like it. I knew Marshall would be just as like, you're just like, how do I use ChatGPT to put together all, <laughs> right, of, my, right. all of my client work from now on? <laughs> That's, man, I'm, I, I will review it. I promise. Automate you. your life away, man. But that's seriously, that's Absolutely. what is happening. Like to so many different things. I saw that yesterday, actually. Like now that you say that something Elon was talking about how uh -huh. scary good it is. And so that's GPT. That's based on a, a product from OpenAI called GPT-3. Mm -hmm. GPT-4 is in beta and it is. What's the difference? Okay. So yeah. I saw it illustrated as a. a cook for you? Uh, a metric of like a picture metric. So if GPT-3 is one single line, GPT-4 is a whole circle. So if you take that line and fill it in yeah. with that much more, it's, so they, it's they've scary. ingested the entire internet and trained this model on the entirety of How long everything. does it take to build something like that? You don't build it. You use a neural net to build it. See, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's pretty complicated. So yeah. we've been using, before before ChatGPT, we've been using GPT-3 uh -huh. AI copywriters. Oh, nice. think, think about how much copy we have to write oh, for yeah. everything that we post, Insane. right? Mm. It gets so redundant. And so you think about all the websites and the landing pages and stuff. So we've been using copy.ai, mm -hmm. and there's a couple other ones that are like multi-billion dollar valuations nice. now. But like they have like a million use cases, and they're always creating new ones. And for the most part, it usually good. lands like where you need it to. And then you're like, I like this. It's almost there. And you just do like regenerate uh -huh. or you change a few words and then you're there. Like, <laughs> and it's so much better. And so like, 
part of me is like, yeah, I want to study the art of copywriting because mm. I think it's an extremely valuable skill to be a writer mm. and be able to like articulate things. Probably translates here too. Other part is like, well, fuck it. Like the internet's way better at this right. than I am. So like, I don't blame I don't know anybody. Where, I don't know where. Where do I Have land? Do I just take that movie, energy and the movie part of uh, GP? There's a demo for mm. GPT four, I think. I like it's putting that. movies together. You you tell it the script. It will animate the movie for Good you. Lord. And it, the, the beta is only like a two-minute clip. Dude, it did a motion picture two-minute clip that I saw that you were not Was it incredible? Oh, now it's coming from our jobs. This, I Great. know. You guys are screwed, too. And it showed you the like the script, the input prompt. Yeah. And it was like, it basically took a script that you would generate from ChatGPT, shoved it into this thing, and it made a two-minute video. Great. Man, that's freaking nuts. Yeah. So can what you a, imagine what a like world. If, I, oh, I know. Like the That's what stuff I'm saying. We're that, living like, in the Terminator. Yeah. It feels like it. Dude, in yeah. high school, I had a Nokia phone with like snake on it. Like, and I had to text something. I had to press it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I'm old, but I didn't get a cell phone until I was like a junior in college. So, I mean, I, I feel like the old person that like saw a TV invented, cars become common, uh-huh. and like, you know, then has a cell phone by the time they die. I, I'm, this is all happening so oh, freaking yeah. fast. Dude, dude like, so, so much happened like in my, I think like my great grandparents, yeah. like in their lifetime of like going from being like, you have like World War One, World <laughs> yeah. War Two, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. like Vietnam, world. the Great Depression, like, and then you see cars develop and then you see like, right. You know, houses become. My grandma was telling me she bought her house for like nine thousand dollars back in the fifties, <laughs> and I was like, "Must be nice, grandma." Yeah, must be nice. I made two hundred dollars a year. I made two hundred and fifty bucks a like yeah. A, yeah yeah a year or some shit, yeah. right? And their interest rate was like twenty percent. Yeah, so they've seen like they've seen everything just skyrocket. Uh-huh. They've seen the the internet come along. They've seen mm-hmm. you know going from records to oh yeah to CDs. tapes to yeah. CD. Now now my kids don't even know what a CD is. They saw, yeah. they saw one oh, the other day and they were like, "What is this?" Uh, here's it's my best beat. thing to do to young kids if you say. Can you pretend like you're going to answer the phone? They don't do this. Yeah. yeah. They go, this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's true. And yeah. I, I had my, we were in Missouri last week and I had my son with me. Do you, call, do you call it Missouri or Missouri? I'm Missouri, man. Okay. We're from, we're from that side, Missouri. There the is a side, side that tracks. is Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> this is a high class side. My name is actually Ballard, not Ballard, but joking. It's actually Ballard. But um, yeah, I had him messing with a rotary phone. He was like trying to dial. Dude, he had no idea. Out, huh? He had yeah. no idea. He's like pushing the, the button. I'm like, dude, no, you gotta spin, spin the dial, Spin it bro. to win it, baby. Yeah. Dude, my kids know how to operate. I mean, my youngest is two and he knows his way around a phone and a tablet and like can turn the volume down, can like change the settings. Yeah. Like That's incredible. He can do that better than he can even talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, That's crazy. Weird, man. So weird. And I don't have kids, but I've had, I've had, uh, uh, one of my nephews, when he was super young, my sister's kid, he was like super proud that he knew his mom's, my sister's phone password. And he's like, check this out. I, oh, yeah. and I was like, how? <laughs> You're like three. <laughs> yeah. How? Oh, man. I know my, my son actually told me the other day we're driving, you know, and the time limit went off on the phone because we got him kind of locked up. And I looked at him because I could see him like glance up at me uh, and he goes, dad, don't tell mom. I know the password. <laughs> I know the password to fix the time limit. And I was like, all right, dude, I won't tell nobody. Just but let it rip. What's even yeah, worse is that my kid, my phone recognizes my kids as me and they can just unlock it with their face. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, shit, you know. That's not. super weird. I'm like, how did you get in here? You're like, you didn't know. He's like, I just looked at it, man. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> unlocked. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy, actually. Man. What you don't know is he went in, reprogrammed. Reprogrammed. Yeah, just scanned his Yeah, face. probably Absolutely. did. He probably did. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> That's hilarious. He probably did. He probably did. Well, dude, I mean, I don't know. 
I've enjoyed this. Hey, SBF. Oh, oh yeah, let's, let's talk about, about SBF. Oh, that's yeah. the juicy yeah. stuff. So, I don't know when this is going to come out. Probably We're probably like a few weeks late, but let's just mm-hmm. talk. Literally, as of last night, he got arrested in the Bahamas. He's looking at like 111, 115 years, according to the charges that were right. put against him by the United States. Does anything actually come of this? Obviously, he's been on his little press tour of like, it was totally planned. He wants to make himself believe. look extremely incompetent. And now as more stuff is coming out, like they apparently they had a whole Slack chat. I don't know if it was on Slack or Telegram, whatever, called Wire Fraud. It was just, <laughs> oh, really? It was just called Wire Fraud. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. So they were just, they were just not <laughs> even. Goon. Yeah, not. I mean, I think it's like, I was listening to the um, the All In podcast with Chamath and Jason and a bunch yeah, yeah. of those other guys the other day. And they were talking about it. And it's like, I, I have to agree that this is like his defense is telling him, hey, mm-hmm. go make yourself look as stupid as possible. What's really bad though? But is it's it, totally been planned. What? If that's your legal strategy, like you're- You need uh, new lawyers. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. and like, it's that bad well, that your whole strategy is, dude, just go try I'm to look as play dumb insane. as possible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I, I was when I was seeing him do these interviews. Yeah, you're like, what? I'm like, what are you doing, doing? dude? There is no, I cannot imagine what his attorneys are thinking, bud. I, I think the, the. (laughs) So when he first came to the scene, right in Mm. like 2017, 2018, people were like, oh my god, this kid's amazing, blah blah blah. He made 22 billion dollars, arbing the kimchi premium, all this stuff. God, I, I hate that founder worship. Stuff. Oh, I hate no, it so because know. every time you do, it ends up being a Theranos. It yeah, ends up being right. yeah. so somebody's the a total best fraud. part about Bitcoin. It 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 is Exposed exceedingly you. good at murdering heroes. Right, yeah. Michael Saylor slapped a few times. Mm. He he is now like stopped repping like the mining council and a mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff because it bit him in the ass. Same with this, but the problem with SBF is he was so prolific at giving so many people so much cheap money of right. assumingly customer funds that like it has permeated the industry to a point that no other has. Like mm-hmm. they gave some of my friends money for their mining ops, right? Like right. They, they gave, uh, Bloomberg did a story, they gave Genesis Mining like $1.1 billion, yeah. probably customer funds. Genesis Digital Assets are premium Bitcoin miners. Been mm-hmm. doing it a long ass time, almost as long as me. And it sucks to see like good, fair operators who have been in the space for a long time get tied up in that because it's incredibly yeah. hard to DD where the money comes from. Right. So it's just like, this is something that's slightly more nuanced, but the adage is, if you're a hero in Bitcoin, you will be crucified, mm. period. I think what's what? crazy is just so incestuous. You see, like I've seen a couple different infographics of like money flew from here to here yeah. to here to here back to where it started. It's a giant yeah, circle jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it, it makes no sense. And now you're seeing... Obviously, with the fall of FTX, I'm seeing it, talking to a lot of people, especially gearing up for Empower, dude. I mean, a lot of people are fucking hurting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell anybody, look, if you're new, this is a cheap lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you're fairly new to the space, let's say you got in 2020, 2021, and you got rinsed, it hurts, but use it as a lesson to teach right. yourself what the core tenant of Bitcoin at scale is about. It's about self-sovereignty. It's about self-custody. If you're old and you got rinsed, you fucking deserved it. What yeah. do you think, too? This ties to it with Binance and what they're going through right now. Um, yeah, they actually, people they are taking off. pause withdrawals last night. You said yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. they had That's, to. They were losing 1.1 billion a day. They were getting withdrawals. I, last time I checked, it was like 2,000 Bitcoin an hour right. being withdrawn. They paused them. I didn't know that. Last and that, that's the question I was going to ask you is like, so at what level? And actually, me and Leachman were talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. At what point? Do we realize like getting Bitcoin, actual Bitcoin, 
is harder than what we think. Absolutely. And so at, at some point, do you think there'll be some type of price reaction the other way? Because it's like, holy absolutely. shit, this is a lot. There is not as many Bitcoin floating a around absolutely. as what people try to so return. It, the way I always kind of equate that mm -hmm. early, the, two things. The narrative of Bitcoin has changed and the supply is not what you think. Right. And those are commingled. So in the early days, Bitcoin was transactional, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's a big reason why I was interested. Right. Like, you, let me yeah. send you stuff, let right. me gift you stuff. Like I want to spend the nerd money to see how it works, right? I've gifted away millions of dollars in Bitcoin at this mm -hmm. point. But that was the use case back then. Now the narrative is more of a store of value, digital gold, this kind of stuff. But because of the old days, there weren't as many checks and balances. I mean, I personally sent Bitcoin to addresses that are not validated because validating mm -hmm. addresses wasn't a thing till like right. 2014 or 15. So the amount of Bitcoin that will ever be in existence is much less than mm -hmm. 21 million. Maybe it's 17, mm -hmm. 18, 19 million Bitcoin. Yeah. And those, I mean, it is just getting more and more. It, I, I oftentimes in times like this watch the big short, the movie. Right. Because when the, the line where he says, uh, let's just take 50 million in credit default swaps. How many, how much money in CDOs are betting on that? And he says, oh, I don't know, something like 2 billion. And you're like, the amount of paper assets in the system in the traditional legacy finance market right now is insane. Mm -hmm. The derivatives market is like a can of worms that you can't put that devil back in the closet. And Bitcoin is becoming that way, but it's always too good to see this right. grand rinsing to really remind people, not your keys, not your cheese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, seriously, because like when I look at it, they they're trying to run these exchanges and all that, and, and you know, basically giving you these insane interest rates for holding your assets. Um, and they they treat it almost like a bank does. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we're holding this. Well, banks have the protection of FDIC and all that, and the restrictions on how much you can pull out. We we don't have that same protection here, and Bitcoin does not. It doesn't fit that kind of mold that like That's the right. fiat system does, and and that it will always rip your face mm -hmm. off. It's just going to. You can't print a bunch of bitcoin you just can't and like you can here it's quicker to get caught up to get caught in the act with your pants down right because what what exchanges i've i've had a lot of i met a lot of exchange owners i've met them over the years i, I, I built matching engines i know how it works mm -hmm. and what most exchanges don't know is they're not actually exchanges in the traditional sense an exchange is a place where a designated market maker can participate mm -hmm. a so, like, if you want to go trade on Bass Global or an IC, you cannot. Mm -hmm. You have to go through a broker, right. and that broker goes through a designated market maker. And that designated market places orders on behalf of themselves mm -hmm. and their broker partners. But what Bitcoin exchanges are, are an exchange, a brokerage, a Forex shop, and a future shop, right. all combined with no closing and no mm -hmm. settlement. Yeah, dude, it's a and disaster. It is happen. a disaster of mm -hmm. non, like, People who think they understand what they are and they're not. They're just all commingled into mm -hmm. a confluence of like paper tra paper trades. Yeah. But when the withdrawals come, that's right. how you get fucked. And you have to have it. Absolutely. Like, you have to have it. And they don't. And that, the, Binance, I mean, I think they're, it's, uh, this is going to be a domino effect on everything, which I used to, like my first bust or bear cycle back, you know, the first one I really experienced, like 2018. Um, it, it hurt. It was like, holy shit, this sucks. Did you think it was over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of mm -hmm. course. I was like, this is the worst. I mean, I, I screwed it all up. So, you know, I should have sold this, should have sold that. Um, no, I managed through that, right? And this one, though, I feel so different. I'm like, I'm rooting for some of this stuff mm -hmm. to happen. Not because I want it to hurt, like, the everyday people. Obviously, I don't. And I hate that that's happening. 
but these high level, especially now, like we had Mount, Mount Gox before. Like this stuff has happened before. This is obviously the biggest one with mm-hmm. FTX, but there's just more money in this. There's system. more money it's in it. Same. It's more common. It's more yeah. adopted. It's like more acceptable. Mm-hmm. But you need this rinsing out to Absolutely. teach people. It's the only way. Like you're going to get burned sometimes. People are going to lose out. It's happening with every single like economic change or like big advance in, in innovation and all that throughout history. Like I'm sure that these type of things happen. You have bus all the time on, on different so, I mean, things. the same thing happened in shale. Right, right, right. I mean, we torched, exactly. we That's the unique thing with shale, man. Mm-hmm. $200 billion in capital gone, but it's really the cost. I mean, you look at like, you look at any investors kind of, um, uh, they, they, they play on the power law, right? Mm-hmm. They need to have one investment that makes up for nine losses right, right. out of 10. Yeah. And that's just the cost of innovation. Who is they? That's cost, the VCs. Uh-huh. VCs, you know, have one banger that makes yep. up for all the other ones that you're mm-hmm. in. So it's just, a, and this is, it was no different with shale and it's going to yeah. be no different on the Bitcoin side. My, right. my, my interesting, interesting bringing up shale that, I wonder why more operators are not co-locating miners. And that is a question for you because mm-hmm. I want to know. I've just been recently learning more about like flaring and operation and all that stuff. It seems like they really understand a commodities production business, mm-hmm. which Bitcoin mining is. And they have ways to offtake additional gas, whatever. Why aren't more uh, people doing it? Be, uh, you go ahead and take it. but I'll, What's I'll, the difference? Here's, 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 here's I don't my, understand. Here's my take. And I think it's also analogous to something that I used to say coming from the technology side of this business is that now knowing the people that are in it, I, I used to fault people for like, hey, why, you know, why don't you have like better software systems and, and it, you know, more of a tech kind of back office to the EMP and more technology and stuff like that, especially since I've lived it. But here's the thing. You can't fault them for not knowing what they don't know. Right. 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 You can fault them for maybe being a little bit not as curious as they should be about certain mm-hmm. things. But I think that Empower has shown that there's a ton of people who are really curious. Mm-hmm. It's still a very small percentage of the market really? overall, but they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And they're just not educated on it. And what they, what oil men are good at doing is pulling oil and gas out of the ground. Right. But they're to also them is even like, better than riding a bull and bust cycle. They are. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the critical piece that almost no other business knows. If you mm-hmm. do commodities production, you understand commodity price control and the 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 cheaper you can suck that barrel oil out for the longer mm-hmm. you can live the people have been doing it a long time they know that and it's yeah. the same in bitcoin it, mines. Dude, we talked I, about in episode one with, yeah with gideon yeah. and griffin we talk about it all the time like is that and that's what got me into it mm-hmm. into the space was like this is the same business it's yeah the same exact business um but they are coming around it's just going to take time and, and mm-hmm. like jake said they don't know they they, they are so focused know. on their you know, technical discipline mm-hmm. and their business and getting oil out of the ground and getting it to market. Are there are there uh, operators who have survived multiple bull and bust? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. They're like yeah. real pristine. Oh yeah, but they yeah, also tons, have the tons. big difference is that they also have hedging markets that oh, that we don't. You I know see. what I mean? And so that that's one area too that I think has to develop on uh-huh. the Bitcoin side is like. A hash rate market, something mm-hmm. like that, where I can hedge my production, like uh, Luxor's uh, India, right? That kind like of stuff. something yeah. like that. Now, I think there needs to be a much more robust one, and then sure. you're also for the buyers; they're going to have to have a use case for why uh-huh. they're buying this hash uh-huh. rate, right? But and obviously, it's to get exposure to the commodity markets. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take time. That will happen. All this stuff will happen. Mm-hmm. But it's honestly that's why we have the show is like because most of the, your listeners are related to the energy markets, right, or energy industries, and so. Um, yeah, what I'd love to see is like some real gangster operators who have mm. done a you know a bus cycle three mm. or four times to like 
if they just hear a presentation, right. they should be like, oh, yeah. this is easy. So here's Dude, the thing. Like, I'm it's talking like, to companies every, every day. Nice. You've seen, yeah. Let That's me know if you're seeing the same thing with the companies you're talking about. We don't have to call anybody out specifically, but I think it's particularly challenging for public ENPs to even play around with Bitcoin oh, mining. public ones. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Do two, here's, and I've said this for years. I've said this for like six side. years. I think oil and gas companies should not be public. I think what, mm. what Harold Hamm just did with Continental Resources, taking right. it private, is the best thing that could ever have been done for How that company. How big was that deal? Really big. Yeah, but he big. already owns 76% oh, of the company. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he just took the remaining bit private. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been public for probably 20, 30 uh, wow, years. Yeah. Wow. Um, but he is the, kind of the, rich, like uh, he's, he's he the richest gangster. oil man like yeah. out yeah. there that's alive currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just have that external pressure from the investors. They don't understand it. Yeah. Um, I mean, fast forward, or I guess rewind a little bit back to ExxonMobil mm-hmm. with somebody who owned 0.02% of the company was able to do a proxy battle, take a board seat with Exxon. Oh. Right. Yeah, yeah, caused a lot of a lot of issues internally. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Exxon, how about Shell selling off their their Permian business like two months before oil ripped? Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, dude, Conoco was cleaning they, up on they that. They got it at what a forty forty five dollar valuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. Though I'll tell you though, I think there's going to be a day, not too far away, where I think oil and gas stocks are better exposure to Bitcoin than mining stocks, like a safer bet, and mm. mainly because. Oil and gas companies, in addition to being used to the commodity cycles, they have diverse revenue streams and they can hedge. And so if they start really bringing Bitcoin into their portfolio and using mining as another option to, to uh, you know, create, generate revenue. Do you revenue, recommend they hold it? Well, that's that's part of the problem is the account. Look at what MicroStrategy was dealing with, mm-hmm. right? And all the gap uh, oh, yeah. accounting and all that. Oh, yeah. So like that's part of the issue for a lot of them is they need clarity on the accounting side, mm-hmm. regulatory side. And that's why, like, and we, we may disagree on this, but I think it's inevitable that regulations coming for Bitcoin and, and SEC regulations and IRS tax treatment. Like, those things have to get worked out before they'll dive in and be like, yeah. you know what? I think, we're that's, gonna- I think all of those are definitely concerns mm-hmm. for operators. I think another thing is also thinking about the, you know, most of the time you don't own 100% of the well yourself. You know, you have right. non-op-working interest, you have overriding royalties. Right. Right. And then that splits into kind of your overall net revenue interest. Mm-hmm. And so you you start to have to think, like, especially if you're taking like gas, like put to, let's just say that you're using the gas, right? Do you owe any sort of royalties based yeah, so on? Yeah, so I talked to some royalty owners yesterday about this. And okay. they were like, like they're hardcore Bitcoiners. And they're like, dude, we can't make that choice. We have to mm-hmm. like talk to the operator and it's got to be like a joint discussion. And I was like, I, and then that's why I prompted the question. I was make like, what choice? About the gas. Mm-hmm. Because I, I called a bunch of royalty owners and, mm-hmm. and that own like the entire place. And I was like, why can't you just like do a deal? Like yeah. you want Bitcoin, I make Bitcoin, mm-hmm. let's just do it. Yeah. It's definitely not that easy. No, some some can take gas in kind and they could That's what do that. Right, yep. right. Um, and they could do that. It's it's a more of a, it's more of an issue than than what, it's like, yeah, you have the legal right to do it. It's a lot more complicated to actually mm-hmm. execute on it. But um, that that is a possibility. And I think that's going to end up being something that happens the as well. The people who figure it out first right. are going to destroy. Right. As I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's just like there's no clear playbook. Like I think no, Empower, Empower was great to kind of close some gaps, but there hasn't been like maybe when you put together an ebook. You know? No, yeah. we should. We, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we should write yeah. up a book. Let's like, like, right, a, right. a deck or something. Right. And just yeah. give it to all of them and be like, hey, mm-hmm. y'all trying to get down or what? Yeah. All right. Easy. Easy. We'll put yeah. this on the to do list. All right, cool. <laughs> it could be sick. Because to me, it just doesn't make sense why 
listen, I understand you don't know what you don't know. I'm, mm -hmm. I come from a farming background. Like yeah. those guys, they're like, what is that new shiny thing? If it ain't a tractor, I don't want it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I, I get it. But at the same time, when Ricky Bobby down the way has a mm. new thing that just saved him a ton of money and time, right. he's buying it. Right. And if he can't buy it, he's going to do a co-op and they're going to buy it together. I, I honestly think um, a big part too, like the royalty owners and all them, I think it'll be easier. Mm. It's the operators and they already deal with ESG rhetoric that is attacks them on a constant basis. And then when you got the same folks that are attacking them over oil and gas activities, you throw in Bitcoin mining on top of it. It's just another like, target that they feel like they're probably putting on themselves and so that's part of the education process too i think all this stuff goes in and all ties together and like well, what the we royalty guys were saying they were like if you just say that you're mm -hmm. going to save them money so that they don't have to deal with the flaring stuff right they don't have to pay the royalties for the flaring stuff like that that's is right an easier path to go that it, it, it is that's true like yeah. it's easier to just pitch it as infrastructure power generation and offtake of gas getting mm -hmm. rid of your flare that helps you hit your esg metrics mm -hmm. and so but then they also get into the issue where, are you a reliable party? Do I want you on my pad taking gas and setting up this operation? They don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. Freaks them out. And then how many of these groups that are out contacting them have actually done any of this? Right. A lot of them haven't done anything. Well, now's a good time because all yeah. the jokers who were huffing and puffing mm -hmm. in, the, in the bull run are now They're completely gone. Right. gone. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. And mm -hmm. the, you got the guys, the off-grid guys, you, got, you know, Crusoe, Giga, those guys that are mm -hmm. like, solid absolutely standard bitcoin that's a new mm -hmm. one I'm getting tom and marty we young, can get them tom. on here yeah i got a bone to pick with tom i'd love to uh, be tom's a boy man tom been chirping me on twitter tom <laughs> when you hear this we need to do a cast together oh yeah i'm well, gonna melt we'll his have face you, well, <laughs> what happened we'll have, yo, what's the beef with tom here? i know what's what's going on tom here? just likes to make cheeky comments I just love it. all right we, we like to chirp each other on twitter oh i love tom that's great i love, great. I love you too marshall good yeah. we can just be, i love marty we can, too we need to have a big old one with like barber you oh, marty yeah, dude uh tom I think, uh, barber just did one with uh uh peter mccormack too. yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm -hmm. he did yeah, they're they're kind of getting their name out. I like the name Standard Bitcoin too. Oh, yeah. They're an oil and gas company. That's so, a perfect name. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. They're actually like buying up their own production and doing. Oh, they're doing they? it the right really? way. That yeah. was my question too. It's like, why can't people? They buy the land and mineral rights, mm -hmm. right? They own the hydrocarbons in the ground. Why can't you just like build a team to suck it out? You Is can't it that hard. Well, people, I don't we know. talked I'm about asking. this on the episode it, uh, with... Come from somebody who's lost a lot of money. It is harder than, <laughs> yeah. it, is harder yeah. than it sounds. So how in how theory. did you lose money, if I can ask? Be so bold. Our, thesis, our thesis was wrong. So we didn't drill anything, okay. right? Mm -hmm. We bought uh, a small uh, pad of assets uh, across three different locations that had some potential upside, other zones that we can go complete. We only had X amount of dollars to do it, so we were kind of undercapitalized. Mm -hmm. And then unforeseen circumstances, our thesis was that oil wouldn't go below 50 we were like, yeah. we're at the bottom. Like, it's never, yeah. it's not going to go lower than this. I've, already, I've, so it done makes this. more sense to drill when it. Well, no, it was like we're buying at fifty. We're going to write it up to hundred, uh -huh. whatever it is now. Well, that's not what happened. It went down to twenty-seven, and then went down to negative thirty-five, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. right? And then also just unforeseen circumstances of like historic rainfall in Tulsa. Can you can lease you roads not washed hold out. the oil and sell it later? I don't know how you, you can. Well, you, you run can, out but of then storage, how do you? So. But how do you pay your expenses? Yeah. How do you oh, pay? Right. Yeah. You don't have enough yeah. runway, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to be selling it to mm -hmm. pay pay bills, but and in storage on facilities can get expensive. You run out of it fairly quick. Oh, so really? it's like, I mean, you, in theory, you can just get a shitload of tanks out there and yeah. just keep stacking it, but how are you going to pay your bills? Yeah. Right? You know? 
just yeah. keep nuking cash like that's it but that's yeah. something i talk about with bitcoin mining yeah. is that you have basically unlimited storage mm -hmm. so uh -huh. so it's not yeah a, uh -huh. and you like in oil and gas with gas when you sell sell your gas you're talking about a 90-day reconciliation period where really yeah you don't get paid for that gas sales until 90 days later 60 to 90 days even to pick up your oil, it was like you you get picked it up, and then I think it was like almost like two weeks later is when you right. get and so paid. And this, it's like you get paid every day right. for the production yep. that you had that yep. day, and you can hold it as much as you want for as long as you want. It doesn't cost. And you one of the gas companies it. can sell their gas. That's what I'm talking about. The diverse revenue streams. Right. They can continue to sell gas, oil and gas, and mm -hmm. hold Bitcoin as long mm -hmm. as they want. It's a, it's an it's ancillary benefit. Yeah. And that's where I'm like oil and gas stocks eventually are going to be better exposure safer more stable exposure to bitcoin than a mining company mm -hmm. so I, I really do think that'll be the, that way one day do you buy into the maybe y'all buy into the thesis that over the next 10 years bitcoin miners become power companies uh did you see that thing in japan mario tweeted something about it mm -hmm. yeah today um you the utility the companies you got to get good not yet on the no, pod, yeah right? we're definitely gonna have him oh, on here we want to get him and like lisa off on here together. i mean i think it's what that's what max with standard power is doing oh yeah right? yeah, yeah. I mean, they, oh. they own the power and they are the miners they're totally vertically mm -hmm. integrated so they they own the land they own yeah. the mineral mm -hmm. well they're doing they're doing on-grid stuff they're doing on-grid they're doing on-grid standard standard power i want to know is there anybody that is a small player that owns the mineral rights, owns the land, and drills and pulls it out and operates it themselves. Is there I don't anybody wanna, like I that? don't want to speak for standard Bitcoin, which is different than standard power. Yeah. Standard Bitcoin, I'm, Tom and Marty. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, from what I understand so far, that is what that's their goal their, is. That's what they're, yeah. there's a handful of other ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sure there are more that are doing that. Some I, of that, that I think yeah. I know of. Yeah. But I don't want to. Throw it out there. Throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. But there are people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was what we wanted to do. Yeah. Because it's like we come from oil and gas space yeah, and we're operators. You don't so. think you can just like build a crack team, just like get it, oh, you get could. it done. You could. Right? The problem is capital, access yeah. to capital mm -hmm. too right now. So I mean, even building a small team, you mean, how much you think does it cost? I don't know. Oh, it's it's very capital intensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be be more specific. How much does something cost? I'll give you I'll give you a number. So I know what I know what it costs <laughs> to remember. I know what it costs to build a Bitcoin mine per megawatt. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is, you can you can drill a shallow vertical well for like three hundred, four hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars. And and what yeah. would like a decent well produce? Oh man, well it's all relative. That's, yeah, it's totally relative. Yeah. To uh, how much you're say, in, as, as far as what I want out of that is, say I'm taking it from the other side, right? Mm. What I want out of it is, I know for a million bucks, give or take, I can put online all in, inclusive of machines. One megawatt. Mm -hmm. So, question is, for a million bucks, can I get three hundred MCF forever? PDP, you should be able to. Yeah, PDP for yeah. sure. I don't know what that means. That means like you're, you're buying existing production. Your, yeah, it's already online. Legacy well. production. I'm asking, can I drill a well, sell the oil, and get sweet gas off of it at three hundred MCF for uh, a million bucks? That's drill. A uh, I mean, there's all, it could always be a dry hole. You never know. Yeah, it depends on where. Yeah. So you have that risk assume, baked in. Let's just assume. You don't, it's a good hole, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. For a million bucks, does in more theory, money yeah. mean I in, can pull in, more? In theory, yes. Uh, in yes, theory, yes. But like you got to, I mean, you got to find the risk formation. Profile is different. You gotta, yeah, like I know you, the risk profile is different, mm -hmm. but in theory, you should be able to pop a 300. A I, I don't want to say you should. This is me being a lawyer. 
You could. I it could. depends. It depends. But if I'm There's, doing it, I'm buying existing assets. That's I'm not exactly. Gonna, I'm not going to They're already the declined. They're already flat. Uh -huh. Like because yeah. when it's I consistent. go drill a well, it's going to drop off. So when 60%. you when you buy one of these declined wells, mm -hmm. do you? Uh, when you buy a declined well, what are you buying? You're buying the existing production and the well bore. You're buying interest in that well, is what you're technically buying. Right, so you're buying it. You're taking over. What does that, that mean? You're taking over like, that lease. Uh, yeah, so you got uh -huh. a lease, so, right? But then I would have to, if I want to get everything, I then have to go to the royalty guys and buy the land and the rights. Well, if you wanted to take the it's royalty, it's easier just out to pay it. them. Right. But yeah, it would be very expensive because you'd probably do it on a ten x or something. Forty-eight months of cash flow, years, probably of production. Yeah, yeah, to buy each one of them out. It's just possible. And it's, if you if you're buying a legacy asset, though, there's some really good legacy out. I'm looking at one right now, and it's like. I don't know. I think it's a, a sixth royalty on part of it and an eighth on the other. I don't know what that means. Well, I, it means like a sixth of my revenue generated from hydrocarbon sales goes to the royalty owners. Okay. And then they get paid first before anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can have. So it's a revenue share then. It's not a profit share. Right. No. Right. Well, it depends, it depends on the lease. Depends on the okay. lease. These legacy ones, you can deduct cost out a lot. Yeah, for transportation, things like that. Man, I, also I feel so dark on this stuff. You guys are talking. This is why you need an oil and gas man. attorney, man. See, the royalties aren't exposed to expenses. Not of working interest is right. And so, if you're on a lease, right, and you've already got let's say two wells, and they want to punch a hole in another one, if you're bought into that lease, like you're on the hook for mm -hmm. part of the drilling expenses at your percentage of ownership. Right. So you own one percent of it, and then they're going to cash call you. Uh -huh. right? Oh, I see. And then if you don't participate, then you essentially forfeit. You get a non-consent penalty, yeah. which is basically you're going to be out of the well. Well, you're prorated on. So that it's extremely expensive. Like you have to, to pay three hundred. They have to recover three hundred percent, and this depends on Joe. They'd uh, have to recover three hundred percent of their cost that they covered for you before you get to come back into the well. I see. The so. shitty side of that is they're like, oh, this is going to be let's just say like an unconventional well. Oh, it's going to be a six million dollar well, and somebody fucks something up, and it ends up being a nine million dollar well. Right. Like you're still you're on, on the, the hook. hook. With it. Oof. Yeah, and if you elected to participate, why is it so complicated? Because they're oh taking the risk. God. They're taking the risk to go out there and drill it. And so it's like you, I equate it identically to Bitcoin mining. It's dude, it's the and same. And Bitcoin business. mining is not that convoluted when it comes to contracts. Right. It is, but you can deal with Earth. You got to throw we're, minerals we're like, we're in like though. 120 like, years of contracts yeah. kind of being right. It's not. I'm it, minerals are the Bitcoin in this situation. Yeah, not necessarily because you like you said, you've had a hundred plus years of like people carving this stuff up. So you get into a lease and you might have a thousand different royalty owners. Especially in, like in Ohio or, yeah. or East Texas. Because like, that's like what I'm saying. Why does it have to be like that? Like well, let's just buy a plot and just do it. Well you'd have all those people had interest in those minerals. There are places back. where you can go and buy and oh, literally yeah, fresh stuff. And yeah you could own everything yourself there are places but if you're going into legacy places like you're talking about in ohio mm -hmm. mineral rights are something that's usually passed down within a state yeah it's, it's mailbox money right yeah. and then it gets split into two people and mm -hmm. then it gets split into their families mm -hmm. and then next thing you know you're paying out a thousand checks for a single well you're issuing a thousand k and they're, they're yeah. like 80 no they don't get k-1s because they have a contractual interest with the company they're uh -huh. not they're not they don't have an equity interest in that i see they own the minerals and they did a lease where they're like hey you drill it, you take. We want and give a sixth of it. You'll get the rest of it, though. I see. And so, but yeah, it's it's like it's passed down. You think like if it's surface, a lot of times they'll partition it off. Yeah. So like, okay, me and your brothers. Well, that'd have been weird if we were brothers. <laughs> but me and your brothers, we get inherited this property. You want to sell it? I don't. Okay, let's partition it off. You take your half, and you can do whatever you want with it. I'm taking my half. Minerals. It's like 
all undivided. Now you, you could partition it up based on the surface as well, but assuming it's all undivided and it's just like, man, I could be writing a thousand checks for 89 cents a piece. Oh my God. Yeah. Now typically they're gonna have like a threshold. Before sure, wouldn't pay out. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But it's yeah, it's a lot. It's just thousands or or a hundred years of freaking contracts yeah. and families, and you know some families have eight nine you ever kids. Get jealous that oh yeah, Texas is way time. better than Missouri at oil production. Dude, where I grew up in Missouri, I went back because my family owned some property. We're dairy farmers. And I went and looked, kind Tell of had some geological something. maps. Oh, Dude, yeah. We got like this dome, a salt dome or some shit. That Dude. like, yeah, there's other things you could produce yeah. out of it. But like from an oil and gas perspective, there's nothing. There's like, I mean, I think there's like 57 wells in like this 300 mile <laughs> radius, like which right is like, there. dude, and they're, uh, and they're not producing. So we've it. got uh, 50 acres up in East Texas. And I mean, it's right in the middle of fucking gas country. Is it? Nice. And we don't own the mineral rights, but I've been thinking about starting to do a little bit of due diligence. Just poke some holes in the yeah. ground. Yeah. Just see, you know? Heck yeah. What county? Oh, shit. I don't know. It's between Brownsboro and Chandler. I don't know where they're about at. About 20 miles from Athens. I'd cut my teeth in Panola. Oh, okay. I don't even know where that's at. Dude, Panola is like the hardest title in the world. It's freaking brutal. Yeah. People signing stuff with X's. Yes. Yeah. 20 kids. Some good old boys down there now. I had one. I looked at the lease and it was like, this was, you know, this lease was originally signed by Bertha McFadder, also known as like Sarah Janes. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) what? How did... How does Bertha McFadder, how is she also going by Sarah Jane's or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> she signed it for her cousin. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is. And then like so-and-so died in Mexico and <laughs> it's like, oh, it hasn't been found since. And I'm like, wow, yeah, people I've, wrote I've this up. I've heard stories of people that, are, that have to get like a, a survey guy to come out and draw the boundaries yeah. again. And I've, I have a buddy that draws the boundaries uh-huh. and he's like, dude, I got one. It was like. The demarcation line was a pile of rocks from 1890. Right, right, right. And I had to figure out where this pile of rocks is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like, hey, the mosquito, the five inch (laughs) diameter mosquito tree. That's right. That is now. What if that's like 20 years old? Uh, (laughs) There's so many. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 1 30. I don't know if you'll have to see. All right, man. Wow. We got him for an hour and a half. Hey, that's good. He's such a busy man. Elon's probably called you like five times. My phone's been buzzing, buzzing Mm. off the hook. I'm sorry. Sorry, Elon. He's like, what do I do with Twitter? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is an awesome podcast, man. This is... uh this, this is fun. Appreciate sick, it, dude. We'd have you back multiple times. Absolutely. This is not like a one-time yeah. thing. It's just like, I want everybody I in the community. Because, yeah. you know, I live so far away and all. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, and there's only like 28 of us in the space. Literally. Yeah. That's right. Too, so. That's right. Yeah, we, we should get one doing. with like Mario oh, yeah. and Marty. Do a do a Triple M podcast. Oh, Mario, yeah. Marty, Marshall. Ooh. We should do that. We should do that. We can do that. We can. Yeah. Hey, we always add more. more uh, Six studio, yeah. too. We'll get some drinks pouring. We'll actually get the drinks going. Oh, we would bring the Delta 8s back. Yeah. We got Man. pretty uh, pretty lit with Giga guys. <laughs> By the end of it, I was dates. like, I think we need to stop. I think we need to stop. I, can't like, I don't know if I, don't know if I can drive said. home. Yeah. yeah, it was good, though. All right on. Cool. Marshall, thanks for coming, man. Guys, appreciate it much. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're definitely doing it again. Right on. So, Hell well yeah. done, buddy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.